I'll hit record. Okay, so we always start the same way. Where do you guys like to eat in Fresno? Man, where do we so, not like to eat? That's, that's the, the question. That's yeah. The question. So my uh my favorite place to eat, and this is recent, is a five five nine taco. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh, they have like this uh, huge quesadilla pizza. That thing is absolutely incredible. Like I, it's my favorite thing ever. So uh, I've ordered it like four times already. So they they basically have like my cell phone bill at their <laughs> restaurant. Man, I, uh, man, Fresno Bagel, I haven't had it since the pandemic hit, so I don't even know if they're Dang. still open. I hope they survived, because they're just amazing. Uh, Kebab City makes really good. So you're saying all the staples right now. Oh, like, let, let's, let's talk about Fresno Bagel for a second, and we'll get back to those queso tacos in a second at 559. So at Fresno Bagel, I didn't realize that they also have, like, curry and stuff. Have yeah, they're non-bagel related items there. <laughs> I've had the potatoes. They're really delicious. I haven't had all the other like the Thai food stuff that they make. I think people that own it are Thai. Wow. Um, but yeah, they man, the all in one. I mean, you can't go wrong. It's true. And you know, it's a funny thing about places like that. That you know, they'll I when I lived in San Francisco around the corner from my house, there was this uh Vietnamese restaurant that did breakfast. And they mm. named the restaurant the Mayflower. <laughs> so you, you, could order, you could order like a banh mi sandwich or an omelet. And we were just trying to understand like, what is this place? What, what do you, and they're just like, if you'll buy it, we'll sell it to you. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? Um, so and then going back to uh, 559 Tacos, yeah, for me, the case, like, if you add cheese, melted cheese to a taco, like, you, it's game over. Like, Changes, what else man. am I going to order? Like, why would I order a taco without cheese? Your <laughs> whole life. Like, it, when you add in cheese, especially when you add cheese to the base of something, like, mm -hmm. when you make cheese your foundation, mm -hmm. let me tell you, there's no, there's, you, you can't get around it. You can't get off of it. it you just stuck to it. Cheese right. is your base. Right. And it just, it, it warmed my heart. And then even their, uh, they're red tacos, so they have like the uh, they use a salsa that they put on the grill, and they put your uh, tortilla on top of that, and they fry it up, and they flip it over, fry that side, and then they put the cheese on top, and then everything else. Oh, it's just it's out of it control. Amazing it's out sight of control. to see. Oh, yeah, and you can get wrecked really easy there. Um, and like Thanks. I, yeah, for me, like when I go in there, and it's like, how many queso tacos before I can't drive home? Is the question yes. I always ask, and it's it's. <laughs> Yeah, no, so I feel you. Kebab, uh, what, did you say Kebab City? Yeah. That place is amazing, too. Have you it's had, delicious. have you had the, what blew my mind, and I, you know, they opened the one in North Fresno, which is, I know they have one in Fowler, too, I think, hmm. um, but they do this thing where they put a kebab, like, on a sword. It's like a, it's like a, it's a spear that's in the center <laughs> of a plate, and they just hang meat from it. And they bring it out to you like it's no big deal. Like, oh, here's your spear yeah, with here meat. Oh, well, yeah, here's <laughs> this animal. <laughs> I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fine. What, what about yeah. uh, takeout things for you guys? Where have, where have been your takeout staples during pandemic, pandemic? I mean, we've had, we've kept Chipotle open. For, we, we've literally <laughs> kept them in business. Um, and then Cafe Rio is really good. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's their steak good. salad goes yeah. hard, bro. They're, that house dressing, <clears throat> telling you, bro, change your life. With Jessica and I, are, uh, we've been on teriyaki don. Yes. Teriyaki don is a Come on. something that we've just fired. <laughs> uh, and something like this, the restaurant right across, right around the corner from our house uh, is Robertito's. Mm, and Robertito's gets down. Like, there's no, the asada fry, you just can't go wrong. Oh, so, yeah. It's a power burrito. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. I even had a, I had a sports burrito once. So I was like, the shrimp in there? And I was like, oh, let me go ooh. ahead and just try this out. Boy, let me tell you. <laughs> First of all, there's way too much food in there. You, you will get stuffed quick. And right. Like, I'm finishing this. Like, out of, out of pride, I have to finish <laughs> this whole burrito right now. I mean, when you add fries to anything, it's great. And carne asada fries, like... It's one of the greatest inventions, I think. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that, it's just taking the best things of all the worlds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> taking it, I mean, it's fusion. It's 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 when fusion becomes God. You know, like when food becomes God, it, it is carne asada fries, right? There was a uh, there's another one. Um, it's Javier's, and they have the carne asada pizza. And oh, you think you you haven't experienced life? until you've experienced the carne asada pizza from Javier's. It's fire. Have and you guys messed by, with by um, Indian, the Indian pizza trend that's a thing right now? Like the- Man, there's that one on Willow and, is it Knees? There's a, there's, I have never, I haven't I don't think I've done it heard yet, of it. but I, I, it's, I think it's called Curry Pizza. I want to, I think it's yes. the actual restaurant. I've yes. never heard of it. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's dangerous. Cause it's like all the things you want, bread, like flavorful, like like butter chicken pizza. Like, what what are we doing? What are we doing? And so it's like I yeah I I think oh. for me it's many cell phone bills, many many cell phone bills. <laughs> food is going out all the over the city. <laughs> but the thing is, right? Like, I mean, small businesses. Yeah. Right now, it's tough, and yeah, it's so hard talking about margins and how much you make per pizza mm-hmm. or per carne asada fries is so small. Yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, I appreciate you guys coming on. I I just want to start by talking about your guys's podcast because, you know, I want to, you know, this is a small town, kind of a small town. It feels like a small town. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a couple of our podcasts out there and uh, your guys's was one of my favorites. So I just want to kind of get uh, the origin story, um, origin story, like where, where the idea come from? What are your guys's backstories? Uh, just kind of promote yourselves a little bit. Talk about where all this came from. Yeah, um, it was totally my idea. <laughs> just always don't throw that out there. Uh, it was. Though. It really uh, was. When nobody but, gets it. Um, so the name Preachers Hour comes from our like young adult uh, ministry that we were. They've been a part of for for a few years now. Uh, we did this thing where we we like got together at, like four in the morning. Yeah, and like all the different preachers, young preachers got together, and we, you know, talked about preaching. We practiced preaching. We critiqued each other's sermons and things like that. And so we called it Preachers Hour. And then I've been listening to podcasts for a very long time. I'm like, I feel like I could do that. And so me and Brandon always had really good conversations, like all the time. I'm like, people should hear these. I'm not trying to, you know, puff us up. (laughs) We'll be talking about some cool stuff. I was like, hey man, we should do a podcast. He was like, what's a podcast? And I was like. Well, I had zero clue. Like (laughs) I had heard about podcasts, but I didn't know like they were a thing. 
I didn't know that. And then I, didn't, I had no clue a lot of people listened to them. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is like last year. So not even. Uh, like, Come on, man, you turned 30. You gotta listen <laughs> to the podcast. Uh, and I remember um, there was one podcast I listened to, but I just didn't, I didn't find enjoyment in listening to people talk. I was just like, <laughs> no, like I'm, I was just about music. So if I'm driving in the car, if I'm working out, like I'm just listening to music. And I heard one guy say, uh, he was like, man, if you're like trying to go forward in life, you need to redeem the time, the time that you have. And what he was saying by that is like, you have a lot of free time on your hands when you're driving, when you're working out and you can choose to listen to the same music over and over again, which the lyrics you already know, or you could like feed your mind and give yourself some education and learn something rather than just wasting time by listening to the music you already know. And after that, I was like, man. And so in that time period, Jeff was already pushing me to listen to podcasts. So Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, let's check, let's just, let's check this whole thing out. Yeah. And then, so the reason we really did it was we have a mentor um, we call him Uncle Rod, uh, yeah. Pastor Rod Cochran. And he was like, look, you guys need to do this because like when my old generation that, that taught me when they died, all their wisdom died with them. Mm-hmm. And so like, you guys need to leave something for the next generation. And your generation's thing is podcast. You guys are going to write a book, <laughs> but you know, you guys will do a podcast. So like you should get your wisdom, whatever you're wrestling through in your current time leave it for the next generation so we're like all right let's try this thing so we did not know what we were doing zero we just went on amazon like what do you need to podcast and we (laughs) bought some lapel mics and we recorded our first episode and it was horrible on our cell phones on our cell phones like you couldn't even hear brandon most of the time the mic was it was just bad it was awful but we've literally made it to a year over a year now but you read a year back in october and it's just been crazy that like people actually listen to us and like want to know what we think and people we've never even <clears> met from <throat> other places yeah. like actually interact with our stuff. It's just like it's insane, mind blowing. Things you never thought would yeah. actually happen. Like to the you. fact that you said you like like our podcast, I'm like this. What? Was wow. Like, okay, that's amazing. You listen to it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you put we put you through that. You didn't have to, you know. Waste well, I mean, your time it's just that. it's it's a great way to work out ideas, right? Because it is. I mean, you know, as someone that's written professionally before and you know i mean when you're working out an idea for an article or or something to publish i mean there's so much involved and there's just you you don't really have that space i mean for a while it was blogging right that's how people Mm -hmm. worked out ideas Uh, i remember like in 08 you know during the 08 election like blogs like i you know i had like seven blogs i was checking every day and like i wanted to be like in these people's minds right mm-hmm. um and you could kind of get a live stream of their minds you know not in the kind of twitter i'm gonna hurt you way but in the uh you know uh like i'm trying to grow myself it, it's somewhere between twitter and 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 an article that mm. is somewhat improv improvisational but also not just my stream of consciousness at two in the morning Um, and so I just think podcasts are that a great way to get to know people and, and and also get to know people, know the way people think, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. in an article, you have all of these partitions that stand between you and someone's thinking you have, you know, the editors you have, you know, how is this going to sound? And so I need to structure this around, but what's great about your guys' podcast and a lot of podcasts, right? Is that, uh, conversation is, you know, one of the best ways that we learn. Yeah. Um, and so how, how has your podcast grown over time or changed? Man, I mean, we made a ton of mistakes early on. We still do we make a little bit less. Yeah. Um, and we're way more cautious, which I think is yeah. also a bad thing. 
So yeah. we don't, uh, in the beginning, we took more risk and now mm-hmm. we don't really take risk at all. Yeah, we try to think, really think through what we're going to say and we don't want to like hurt people's feelings, but we still want to, you know, speak the truth as far mm-hmm. as we see it. Um, the biggest thing that we did was we hired um, our little brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Josiah Freeland. Yeah. Uh, he's our digital mar- media director. Yeah. As we've given him, we just call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. <laughs> right, right, right. Whatever so you want on your resume. You know, at first we were just doing audio and then we bought a USB mic. And then mm-hmm. um, my dad does voiceovers. He's retired from um, doing uh, criminology, but he, he started doing voiceovers. He said, you need to get some XLR mics. And so he sent me a bunch of stuff to get and, and equipment that we were able to get. He bought us some equipment for Christmas like yeah. a year ago, which was amazing. That stepped our game up. And then like, we, and then people were like, I don't want to just listen to it. I want to see you guys. Yeah. Like, okay, we need to do some video stuff. So our first video stuff was horrible. <laughs> I, was, I was editing it. It was awful about this cheap little camera. That was horrible. And then Josiah was like, look, let me help you guys out. And so yeah. he... He started like recording our stuff. We have multiple camera angles now. He does everything on YouTube. He does all the editing, and so he he's just made us a lot better. Yeah, and like so, so like, yeah. definitely. So our our, our media um, has gone through the roof mm-hmm. uh, in our eyes because yeah. other people look at us like, "No, you guys are still trash." Yeah, but uh, our media has there's gone always the going to be those people on the internet. Right? Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, I when I got my first so because I do a few different podcasts. When I got my first um, really negative review, um, it just shattered my ego. Like I was just shattered because it was it was on my History of California podcast, my other one, and I uh, it was something about someone critiquing my the way I told this particular story, and she said something. The reviewer, I'm not just assuming it's a she. She made herself known, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, she said something about like, you should, be, you know, he needs to be a bit more careful and a bit more respectful with history. And I was like, oh, you know, like my heart broke and shattered. <laughs> and so, you know, it's hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to be, you know, kind of impervious to that stuff, but you have to, right? Yeah. You have to. Yeah. There. So what were some of the, <laughs> I mean, you guys baited me into this. What were some of the uh, things that you've learned to be more cautious about? I mean, just our opinions. Right. Um, and and realizing that what we think in the moment, like it, we need to make sure we have as much education about a topic mm-hmm. before we try to speak to it. Yeah. Um, and so talking to older people after the fact, after we posted <laughs> it, talking to people with a little bit more wisdom, like, yeah, you, you guys need to, there's some things you don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, okay. And so like, just trying to do as much research as possible before we dive into something and, and just knowing still like even we're going to be limited like it's just our perspective in that moment of time once yeah. you record and you stop it it's it's locked in you may go back and go oh you know what i should have said this or i shouldn't have said this or whatever but just just trying to like do as be as wise as possible going into an episode yeah so, and yeah. even keeping our uh keeping the mindset like not trying to be as like judgmental Mm -hmm. or being so concrete that we can't Mm -hmm. take critique from other people yeah uh being able to hear uh hear someone critique our podcast or tell us hey do this do that or hey you said this and i don't think this was right for one like we just learned okay cool everyone has their opinion Mm -hmm. uh we try to keep our opinions rooted in the bible and that's kind of how we flow but if someone has like a wants to educate us on something 
uh, and tells us, hey, like, you know, these are the, this is the way you, this is the way you say something, or this is the way you approach this conversation. Uh, we've learned to have like way more grace than we started off mm. with. Because when we started off, not that we were trying to be arrogant, but we came but we off. Were. <laughs> yeah, we were really yeah, arrogant. We were just very sure of our opinions. And it's just like, mm. instead of just being like, look, this is our response to something. And like, we are, we're trying to be as humble as possible. Like, yeah. please, if we're off, like, please, please tell, tell us. us. We don't want to continue being off. Like, please <laughs> sure. tell us. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge, right? Because like, like we talked about before, the great thing about podcasts is that you can kind of work through ideas and like talk about things in ways that are not like, like totally um, figured out or whatever. And it, mm -hmm. it's, you know, uh, for me, I just edit it, right? <laughs> I just, uh, after I record it, I just edit it and then take it out. Um, because, you know, I mean, there was, there was one time when I was doing something with Paul Swearingen and I said something and I was like, Oh my God, what did I just say? And I, <laughs> and I, and I, and I looked at him and I did, made like the big eye look where you're like, don't <laughs> you, you really dare, this time. you know? And it, it's, it's hard because it feels informal, but it's also once it's out there, it's out there and yeah. you lose people. And what, I mean, we're all on our own journey. My journey has been, I've realized that I'm going to be kind of the cranky, somewhat progressive person in town um, and just kind of accepted that I'm going to lose people. Yeah. And that's, that's hard. That's hard because, mm -hmm. you know, we all want to make everybody happy. It's, yeah. it makes sense. Um, if you make people happy, they'll stick around, they'll listen, you know, but at some point I felt like I was lying to people by not being mm. Mm. by not being honest, you know, yes. and being like cagey about things that I had mm -hmm. strong opinions about. Cause it's like, sure. you know, at, at the end of the day, you're not going to please everybody. You're going to say some things that piss people off. Mm -hmm. It just comes with the territory. Um, <sighs> and it's part of the public arena thing, but yeah. I'm yeah. sure because, you know, you guys are dealing more directly with religion that, you know, that there's that challenge too, because, you know, it's like the most important part of people's lives. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, we felt we we have we have felt uh, the the strain that it takes for me talking for, about religion, trying to uh, be gracious to people who think differently than us, uh, people who don't agree with the Bible, um, and at times it's like, man, how do we how do we address this certain situation without hurting people, mm -hmm. without like pushing people away? Uh, we were taught uh, through a sermon one time about. Um, using the word of God, which is normally, it's a, often called a sword. So the word of God is referred to as a sword, but not using that sword to cut people's ears off, mm -hmm. but yeah. using that sword to like, you know, to separate your, your flesh or your, your person from the sin that you commit. So those are, those were two different things, but a lot of Christians, a lot of believers, they will use the Bible to hurt people mm -hmm. when that's not what it's it was intended for. It. Yeah, yeah. It's not so, intended for that. Yeah. It's right. to bring people into a loving relationship. And that starts with, literal conversation and like seeing someone else's point of view before you try to like judge them or condemn them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, but we, and, and we need more conversations with people that are on different pages, you know, I mean, we need more, we need more civil Thanksgiving table conversations. That's, mm -hmm. I feel, feel like people need to hear that because it needs to be modeled for them because we've forgotten how to be respectful to our racist uncle. 
Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And I, I'm not always the best, um, particularly with people like that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm trying to do the honey, you know, you get stuck in my honey approach um, mm. if, if possible. Um, and I, I honestly, I respect people that disagree with me. I, mean, I don't think I have, you know, all the truth or whatever. Right. Um, and I just have my perspective. Um, but let's talk a little bit about um, kind of religion with our generation. You know, we're similar ages. You know, we're dealing with a, a church that is not growing, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the pandemic has really at least been instructive for me in terms of, you know, people's attachment to a community. Um, so where do you guys think, um, I mean, for our generation, uh, you know, religious, I, I feel like religious identification is going down. People are like, eh, I'm just kind of spiritual. I don't really go to church. So mm-hmm. where, where, what's your guys' take on uh, where we're at? Yeah, I think that that phrase, like, I'm, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, is like the go-to thing right now. Um, it's interesting because like both of us are work in, in youth ministry. And so we see a whole up and coming generation that are like really serious about God. Yeah. And, um, you know, are, are asking tough questions, but like they really want to share their faith. They're not ashamed of, of their faith, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool to see. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, you get to college and beyond like our generation, like, yeah, it's, it's very much either on the backbone back burner or like, they're just totally like done with it. Um, it's interesting because we just did an episode, uh, it's going to come out next week about, um, the global, you know, scene where like the West only makes up 11% mm-hmm. of Christian of Christians are in the West, you know, and so right. the church in Africa and Asia is actually booming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, faith may be <clears throat> maybe dying, you could say dying in, um, in the West, in America, but it's, it's, it's going huge going. everywhere else. So yeah. I think there's something that, that we can learn from, you know, our brothers and sisters, you know, elsewhere. And I think the pandemic has actually, it's, it's given us challenges, but it's actually present, presented a huge opportunity for us to reevaluate, yeah, you know, okay, what do we value, and what have we been holding on to that has actually held us back traditionally, or, or like you know, a building or just different yeah. things. Like, you know, a lot of churches have been forced <clears throat> to adapt. They haven't been using technology now; they've had to, and it's actually been good. Um, we've been able to do some things with our church where we've had people connect with us on Zoom from the Congo, from South Africa. Um, and so it's actually been, that wouldn't have happened without this situation. And mm-hmm. so I think, um, there's actually a lot of good that we can take from the situation and the church has, I think, neglected youth always. It's always struggled to deal with young people. Yeah, no doubt. It's great with little kids, but once you get to middle school and up, school, yeah. the church doesn't really know what to do with us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know we've been forced to like, really, okay, how do we reach young people in an era where they're just spiritual? And so I think that's one of the motivations for us as well with our podcast. I think our biggest demographic is between 28 and 34. Mm-hmm. And so, which is our age range. And so right. um, we're trying to help people who have left the church or never been to church 
um, understand the church's perspective and, and where it's gone wrong and where it's gone right. And so trying to help them come back, yeah. essentially. Because one thing we, we've, we notice is like uh, many people want to take, you know, religion and just kind of throw it out because of mm-hmm. everything that goes on or everything that's like connected to like religious stuff. Uh, but what we want to say is, you know what, like, we want you to research and, and to, and to look into this. Like, mm-hmm. we want you to consider this, not on a, like, we just want you to join our church thing. This is what we believe a lot of the churches have done um, pre-COVID is we just want people to come into our building. And that's not religion. And just doing a bunch of rules and regulations is also not what we've been called to. What we've been called to is an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in a relationship, there's there's nuance in a relationship. Mm-hmm. There's questions in a relationship. There's doubt, and then there's uh, there's reassurance mm-hmm. from both sides. So if if you're talking about uh, students, you know, and they're not really understanding the Bible or not understanding like what their church is doing, most of the times because they don't understand what they're reading in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And what we fail to do is to teach the Bible. What we do is we just teach tradition and mm-hmm. we teach people to uh, to come to this church and we teach people to pay a tithe and to do the, like it's so much stuff that we teach. That, uh, that if you miss the reason why you do it, it just becomes repetition. It just becomes mm-hmm. uh, like, a, like uh, what's the word? When you're just like doing something over again, yeah. habitual, ritual. ritual. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's not, it doesn't matter uh, to the relationship. It's almost if you're married to a, your wife and you do the same thing every mm-hmm. day, she's eventually like, why do you do this? Was well, this, I thought was wise one. I thought this was, <laughs> that's what, that's what you do at wives. You say good morning, you mm-hmm. cook some breakfast, you go to work, you come back, you high five and you go to bed. We like, hang out for an hour and a half on Sunday and that's it. <laughs> and it's like, I no, mean, don't you hate it though? I mean, when you've been doing something for your partner for a long time and then you discover that they hate it. <laughs> I have that happen to me all the time because oh. we, we can be pretty nonverbal sometimes when we're in our rituals at home. It's yes. like right. handing the oh thing off God. or whatever. And then you discover, oh, I actually don't even like that. And you're like, this whole time? This whole time. <laughs> Why the hell did you not say something to me? I've been standing yeah. right here. Yeah. And it's it's a challenge. I think for me, when people say stuff like religion and spirituality, I just want them to understand that those things are connected in such a deep way that to extract them from each other is almost mm-hmm. impossible. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the practices that, you know, you would, you know, like, let's take meditation, for example, um, you know, because that's a popular one for people that, are kind of, you know, outside of an organized community. Uh, They'll download Headspace or Calm.com app or whatever. Um, How do you think that stuff got to you? Who do you, where do you think it came from? It didn't just emerge, you know, Mm -hmm. it emerged from, it came from a tradition uh, that's been modified over time and it eventually got to you. And Mm -hmm. so the the religion creates a lot of the practices that are uh, spiritual. And so I think a lot of ways when people say stuff about religion, spirituality, what they're saying is they don't want to really be, they don't want to be committed to other people, I think is, is part of it. And it's because other people are, yeah, we've said that so many times. (laughs) Other people are just mean, right? They're just mean and they do mean things and they judge you and you get mad. And, you know, for anyone that thinks they don't have a, I mean, it's one thing if you don't believe any of it or whatever, I mean, that's fine. Um, I mean, maybe not fine. I don't know. I mean, that's fine. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, you believe what you want to believe, but mm-hmm. if you do believe things like, you know, the communities can be very helpful. Uh, oh, yeah. And there's communities for everybody. There's communities for wacko liberal type people like me. There's communities for conservative people. There's communities mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I think community just, it helps you ultimately, but yeah, as long as you know, there's challenges, right? There's challenges. Yeah. 
long as your community is not storming the capitol um, <laughs> yes we'll, right. we'll talk about storming the capitol in a second um so <laughs> i you know i think one of the things is, is, and one of the reasons why, you know, okay, let's just talk about it. One of the reasons why the church might need to die is because it's become so intertwined with politics, right? And the kind of the decadence of that, you know, its decay is so visible because you've, you, when something becomes so intertwined that you don't know whether that comes from your religion or from your politics and you can't distinguish between them. I mean, obviously they inform each other. You know, we, mm -hmm. we're in Fresno. There's a huge Mennonite community here that's about nonviolence, and they see that directly related to their understanding of the Gospels, right? Yeah. And those mm -hmm. things are connected. But when your political party is telling you to do certain things and they're saying, oh, by the way, God told you to do this, you know, that's when things obviously get a little weird. So do you, yeah. I mean, I personally kind of think religion does need to, I mean, parts of it need to die um, in order to have a new life. Do you guys agree? Disagree. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've done episodes on this on on there's as from a Christian standpoint, I I don't see how you can marry yourself to a political party, um, to either one, um, and I think that is the good thing about you know Trump not getting reelected was I think so many people like you said they got. They got so stuck on like, this is our party. Mm -hmm. This is God's party. No, bro, man, not at <clears> all. <throat> like, and so that whole, like we, if we, if our party doesn't win, that means God has somehow lost. Like that, that definitely needed to die. Yeah. Um, I think just focusing on, you know, one issue and thinking like that's gotta determine every single thing that I vote for, regardless of what that party does, whoever's leading that party, no matter what they say, doesn't matter. Um, no, I think character has to matter. Oh, definitely. And 100%. And you gotta, there's gotta be nuance. Like we've mm -hmm. lost nuance like so bad because we're just blindly following, you know, people want to follow somebody. Mm -hmm. that, that's the problem. And so um, I think what, yeah, I think when, needs to be separation for and, sure. Yeah, because what, what we need to separate is like we need to separate relationships from. Uh, like like human relationships from like political relationships mm -hmm. what we've missed as the uh as a church what we miss as a as a denomination or as a religion is we stopped caring for people and we started caring for things that don't really matter so when you start caring for your building more than you care about a person it's easy to say hey we can't really give you mm -hmm. the diapers that you need for your family because we got to pay this mm -hmm. forty two thousand dollar electric bill and it's like yo like that's yeah, this mortgage for this, this building, mortgage yeah. for the building is get paid. So like, we can't help you. That was never Jesus's intent. He yeah. was never like, you know, we got to do this, this thing and we got to save money for this. No, he was like, we got to give and give and give yeah. so that people who are less fortunate can have what they need. So if you, if you have more, then you should give more. Yeah. We've got to place value on people instead of anything else, anything Your else. party mm -hmm. facilities, popularity, anything like people need to, be People. valued above everything else mm -hmm. and so i think there's definitely needs to be a a separating of specifically christianity from a, a particular party mm -hmm. either party yeah um we shouldn't fit when you a one in particular market, right yeah 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 i mean yeah, let's be real. yeah absolutely. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding yeah, no just absolutely kidding. i mean that's that's just a fact unfortunately yeah. like, that's that's 
the funny thing is, if you look back at history, recent history, you're talking about 1980s with the Ronald Reagan election. Before that, Christians were totally not married to either one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was a, a deliberate a t- campaign by, you know, Reagan's campaign manager to specifically get Christians to align with the Republican Party. People don't even know history, even recent history, to realize they've been manipulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just kind of, I think all of this that's happened, as horrible as it was, I think it was necessary to wake people up mm-hmm. um, to, yeah, to like really question like, okay, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What, who are we worshiping? Are we worshiping God or are we worshiping a party or, or you know, or anything like that, a candidate, anything like that. Or even so. like looking to them as like the, the end all be all, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I, I wasn't a huge fan of Trump and he did some good things. He did some yeah. really, really bad things. But at the end of the day, I didn't look for, look to him to save America. Yeah. I didn't, I'm not looking to Joe Biden to save America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you have the mindset that this man, this person who is flawed, just like the rest of us is going to somehow lead us into this new like understanding and this new like love relationship with other human beings that's not where it comes from like all everything that we need is going to come from god it's going to come from jesus who's going to be like the who's going to give us light who's going to give us like the ability to love our neighbor even when they hurt us there's there's disagree with that yeah or disagree with it like the fact that we are so polarized as a nation and we can't uh, we can't be friends because we don't agree doesn't make any sense i'm sure that there was a ton of people who followed, who followed Jesus. I was telling people in the Bible who followed God, who didn't always agree with what was going on, but they still remain family, they still remain mm-hmm. friends. So this is, the, this is what the world needs right now. How do we become family? How do we stay family and disagree on a certain topic? Mm-hmm. How do we live our lives, but not always agree? And I'm saying we don't, I mean, obviously we can't disagree on everything because yeah. now we can't be friends. It's okay to murder. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> no, it's not yeah. cool. Like yeah. if you disagree on this, help me understand why you believe this. And then I'll help you understand why I believe this. And let's see if we can find some commonality, some common ground to stand on so that we can continue in a love relationship. Mm-hmm. I've got a fun question for you guys. We were just talking about, you know, risky, risky topics. <laughs> um, do you think there's too many churches in Fresno? That's a good question. Uh, there's a lot of churches. Here. There's over 500 churches um, in a city of 600,000 people. It's, it's um, insane. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I don't, it's know, if I can, things, I don't right? know if I'll answer that as far as like, yes, yes or, no. or no. I think that's something that God would decide. I'm not going to tell people what you're doing is wrong. Like, do your thing. I think... Um, it offers a lot of options for people that mm-hmm. to have their needs met, whatever, you know, they're looking for. There's a lot to choose from. Right. So and what I'm getting at, what I'm getting at with the it. question is kind of like, you know, church has become a business, right. Uh, in a lot of ways. And you just, you, you market to people, right. And mm-hmm. you've all, you've all these uh, communities kind of competing for this group of people, this captive group of people that they know are wanting this one thing. And it just makes it, I don't know, I just, there's something kind of uh, distasteful yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've talked about okay. that before, um, especially the whole business side of things. Um, and so I, I believe, we've talked about this before, I think the model of church that we have yes. is dying and should die. And I think the model that will replace it. Um, will be more people centered instead mm-hmm. of resource centered okay. and, and power centered and money centered. 
um, and not focus on manipulating people, but actually caring for people. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's always going to be, you know, big, giant, mega churches where there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think, I think eventually you will see, at least for Fresno specifically, the churches that are, that are, that aren't right, that aren't, um, don't have the right motivations, they'll get taken care of. Yeah. I think, I think they will, they will die out. Um, and the ones that really care about people will continue. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, um, though there's a ton of churches to choose from, uh, that doesn't mean every church in Fresno is like on the right track. Mm -hmm. So I think one, one thing that we need to understand is, uh, if, if a church you go to is not like meeting your needs or like loving you the way that Jesus would love you, then you have to like consider, okay, this is not the only church in Fresno. So I think that having a lot of churches does give the good option to say, okay, now I know the difference between like a church that's going to love me and care for me and a church that just wants like my money. And you mm -hmm. can like, some, sometimes it's blatant. Like you mm -hmm. can clearly see that there's, there's churches out here who don't really care about people. And then there's other churches that really do care about people. And there's churches that are, that were caring about more of their resources and their stuff. And now they're just now coming to the, the terms of like, yo, we've been thinking about the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So we give a lot of grace to, to church, yeah. even ourselves. Cause yeah, I mean, like we just started a church and in our church, it's, we don't have all the answers, but we're trying to figure it out as we go. So as we are planning and we're like creating um, these like uh, re resources and we're creating like where we're going to plant all that kind of stuff while we're doing this, we're thinking about how do we influence our community? Yeah. How do we avoid making this mistakes that a lot of churches have, mm -hmm. have unfortunately made? Um, learning from their their things they did right, learning things they did wrong, wrong. Mm -hmm. and um, not just trying to make another church, but trying to make something different that gets back to like the spirit of why the church exists in the yeah. first place. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm just gonna say a bad word. There's so much shit to do. Like That's, worrying about how many people are sitting in your bleachers or your pews or whatever the hell you use shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. if you, and this is what I was, I was trying, I was at my church. So I've mentioned before that I attend a church, even mm -hmm. though I'm somewhat on the fence about participating these days, I'm just cranky and old and you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and I, you know, but I, I love them and I'm, I'm glad to be there. Um, you know, they were, I lost my train of thought. They were asking me, about like thinking about the church's new mission and like some kind of like you know leaflet interview or whatever they were doing um and i honestly think that it's worrying less about what will get people there and like worrying a lot more about what you're doing in your community that will bring people because i think mm -hmm. people want to be united around a goal they don't want to be sold stuff you know and i feel like a lot of churches want to sell people on stuff like Ooh, it's really cool to be here with mm -hmm. us. You know, and it's like, I, I don't care. Like I will go to a bar to meet cool people before I come to your youth service on Saturday oh. night. You know, yeah. like, it's just what, it's just what it is. And yeah, so I, I think it's, there. I think it's just the wrong sales tactic. And yeah, thinking about like consumerism. A we've allowed consumerism to, to come into the church. Facts. And so it was never meant to be something that you have to sell. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just live the way that Jesus calls us to live, it's going to attract people. Mm -hmm. And then the goal is not just to keep you all in here gathered and just, we're just here in this building. We just want to get a billion of us in here. It's to go out and like help people meet people's needs. Like what's like help the world um, through its struggles. Like we shouldn't just stay here. We right. should 
come here, learn, grow, fellowship, love each other, and then go out and like help the world. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be about just how many can we get here? Right. How many people can we help? How many lives can we affect? Yeah. I mean, it's just a good way. I mean, it, it really focuses what you do yeah. if you make mm-hmm. it about other people and not just getting butts and seats. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think people will feel respected that way as opposed to like, like a Bible salesman, like, Hey, I mean, okay. I will say this. <laughs> when I was in college, I went to a church exclusively for the donuts and I, you know, it was, it was fine. <laughs> I also got things out of it too, but they, but it was a bunch of, it was a you know fancy church in San Francisco and they're wonderful people, but I just went in there. I plowed through like three or four donuts um, and drank a cup of coffee, listened a little bit to the sermon and said, ah, okay, I'll get back on the bus and go home. You know, I mean, what, I, I, what I'm saying is people can show up that way, but I think people stay when you are doing this and you're contributing. Absolutely. There's been times where you can literally go into a church and, you know, feel welcomed and like, man, I want to come back. And there's other times you go to a church. I don't care how good the sermon is, how good the music is. If you didn't feel welcomed in that moment, you're not coming back. I don't care how fire anything else was. Mm-hmm. You're just going to be like, man, that was dope. But these people don't really care about me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel cared for. Uh, and that first impression can't get back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're just, we're just primates, you know, like we just want to be acknowledged by the other primate. Right. And like, we like want to look each other in the eye and feel like they're looking back at us. And mm-hmm. like, there's been so many times where it's been so cool inside a building. And I'm like, Oh, wow this is so nice. And then no one said hi to me. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I hate you. And I just leave. Right. <laughs> like, you know, you could, you could have an amazing music and like an inspiring mm-hmm. message or whatever. But if like, I don't feel welcomed in any capacity, I'm like, what's all okay, yeah. great. I'll what's go on YouTube and find a better message or a better yeah, band or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now today, lonely right now today, because church is online, you can just go look up someone better right? Because you can always find a better speaker. You can always find better music. Always. What is it really? So let's, uh, let's finish by talking about books. Um, I finish every show this way. Um, You know, there's books behind me. Books are a big part of my life. Um, What are some books you guys have read recently that have been, or, or just in general that you've read that were impactful for you? Man, so I really suck at finishing books. I'm amazing at starting them. Oh, it's so good to start, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so there's one that I just got not too long ago um, called How Africa Shaped the Christian Mind. It's like the history of Christianity in Africa and how it actually influenced Europe, not the other way around. Really great book. Um, And then Letters to the Church by Francis Chan is one of my favorite books. And last one for me would be Reason for God by Timothy Keller. Keller. Oh yeah, my gosh, that's a great book. I didn't finish it, but I got to like chapter four. Really, you, and I was oh, like, man, man, you gotta keep going. I'm like, yeah, I'm telling you. Well, I, I did I finish it. that one. I did finish that. That was that that's a great book to read. Um for for anyone like searching. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to be a Christian, you don't have to be a believer to understand. Um I mean, you do got to be smart or at least have a dictionary by you. But for the most part, it's a really good read. And it just kind of helps you understand uh, why, why God mm-hmm. Yeah, answer the question, like why God? So that's a really good one. Oh, and the Bible. The Bible is a good one. <laughs> that book. You know, I, I actually, I actually encourage uh, non-religious people because I know there's people like that that listen 
mm-hmm. to my podcast because I, you know, I try, you know, I interview lots of non-religious people and most of my episodes are not about religion in any capacity. It's mm-hmm. about, you know, interesting people doing interesting things. Yeah. Um, but I encourage all people to read the Bible um, in, in part because you can't understand a lot of things about our culture. And mm-hmm. if you read any like important work of fiction, like a novel or something, chances are there's going to be like biblical references. Like the Bible is by far the most important book in terms of understanding the Western mind and like all of our ideas because mm-hmm. they all just get traced back to the Bible. So if you don't know the Bible, in my mind, you're, you're somewhat illiterate in the modern world. And it's, but you know, encouraging <laughs> someone to read that book is a little tough. It's a little tough sledding. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's definitely a history teacher. Oh yeah, I can definitely you, tell. He talks just like he definitely that. teaches U.S. history too. I, can tell you, I love it. You know, I mean, teaching history—it's funny these days. I don't know. I mean, I've had fun. I don't know about you, but all the stuff that's been going on with Mr. Trumpy has been really fun hey, for great. class. This is a great year to teach history, man. Election, I mean, all of that is interesting for the first time ever. Facts, absolutely. Which is crazy because I, mm-hmm. uh, I remember uh, like during, like right after um, the the pro the Black Lives Matter protest, uh, Hillmar, the history book makers, uh, oh uh, McGraw Hill, McGraw Hill, like they were being sued for like quote unquote lying in their history books, and I was like, what lies? And when I went back and looked, you could ask me. I would have told yeah, you. I did ask you eventually. I was like, Jeff, like what? Why were they being sued for lying in the history book? I'm like, what did they lie about? He's like, you know, history. Man. <laughs> uh, and this is crazy. So I think like being a history teacher now is probably like, more yeah, important. It's never, we're never going to have a year this good in a while. Like you usually get every, every four years you get, you get, Oh, Hey guys, listen, this is wonderful. Isn't it? And then after every other year, you're just, they're just like constitution. Who cares? I, I'll never use this. It's like, no, no, I promise. It's really important. But this year it's been wonderful. wonderful. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Thank the you. the history you. world is interesting, especially the textbooks. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you guys a story to close. So, stories. <laughs> so there's one year where I was teaching at a private Christian school um, in Southern California. And um, it was a pretty conservative school. Uh, and they got their textbooks from this university called Oral Roberts, which Boy. if you know anything about Oral Roberts, they've had a rough history in this particular area. Um, and so they gave me the textbook to look at to like review you know, to determine whether I thought it was a good textbook. And I, you know, my metric for these textbooks is always go to the Civil War and then how they cover that will determine what I think. (laughs) So I just kind of skipped forward and I found, you know, I mean, you know, in textbooks, they have those kind of like standalone sections where Uh, there's like, oh, a novel that was written, you know, or whatever. And um, it was a, it was a section about God's spirit. And I was like, oh, interesting, you know, because you know, if you teach in public school, like we do, you know, you don't see stuff like that in textbooks. So you're always like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder what they're going to say. And so it was like, it, it, so the picture was Confederate soldiers and they were all bowing to something. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? And I start to read and it said, yes, even though the Union won the Civil War, God's spirit actually moved more in the South, which is evidenced by the number of revivals that happened during the Civil War. And I just like, did one of those like fall back in your chair moments. Oh that's a real textbook. What? That's a real textbook. No way. Serious. No way. Serious. Yeah. 
I mean, it's no joke. And, and there's this sneaky, you know, we're just, we're, we're blessed to be in California. Um, you know, and you gotta, you know, even if you're a little bit conservative, you gotta think, oh God, you know, these liberals that are so concerned about offending people, thank God we have them because then you have what's happening in Utah where they said you can opt out of Black History Month curriculum. They passed a law where you can opt out. Like your, your eighth grader opts out. Yeah, I don't need to know this. <laughs> Emmett Till? No, no thanks. First of all, how do you even do that? Like, Black history is, is American history. Just don't That's what we're saying. But the, best <laughs> thing, the best thing I saw was someone on Twitter said, can I opt out of White History Month, please? Which, the whole year. Just, I mean, it's the whole year, I'm right? Not it's not even a month. <laughs> mm, it's great, crazy times to teach. Wow, that is Jeez. intense. I'm uh, it, immediately grateful for... <laughs> the textbook i have and i don't like it but it's much much better than that oh man that is wild that's insane well i'm sure we could talk about this stuff forever we're at an hour and 15 so we should probably call it thanks for talking to me um you know this has been fun and i you know i i i've i feel like i'm in a better place with uh, at least a lot of the things that i came in kind of feeling irked about um you know in regards to the the stuff with the well so thanks for you know, kind of being pastoral to me and helping me figure out, you know, what, what's, what's the best thing to do for people ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is, you know, there's good things to do for the ego. There's good things to do for lots of stuff, but what's best for people? people yeah yeah man thank That's you good. so much thank for you. having us man this was like, great we were juiced when you reached out like oh dude look, it was man. like somebody wants to talk somebody to us actually wants to talk to us <laughs> it's crazy well yeah you know i mean you guys are doing good things and so i i would just say you know what i've learned over doing this stuff is is just is patience and persistence right um and definitely don't look at how many people listen per episode that's another thing. We, we fell into that. Yeah, we did that. See, but that's, you know, I mean, you, you can make an important episode and, it lists, and five people listen to it and it changes their life or whatever. Yeah. And that's much more important than a thousand people so listening true. to it. And like, they're like, yeah, okay. That was funny. Let's go. <laughs> you know? I like you, Thank you for that, Jordan. I, like I can say some, I can get on here and say some dumb shit and make people laugh. And they're like, oh, this is great. I want to listen to you. <laughs> He just says he just says fart jokes and like makes like <laughs> windows like you know it's like who cares who cares okay, yeah. and that's and that's the thing ultimately is that people that make good art you know they're just really they're just in their art right they're in their mm-hmm. art if you don't like it screw you you know yeah. I mean not, I mean not you don't have to listen that, but like like for me just keep scrolling keep scrolling who cares don't mm-hmm. listen to this. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why I don't understand the dislike button. Yeah, I don't get the, the dislike button. The dislike just, button. You like, didn't have to just just keep going. Like if you don't like exactly. it, keep pushing. Yeah. Definitely don't read the reviews. Those are the worst. <laughs> I mean, they're not quite YouTube comments, but they're close. I mean, but you guys put your stuff on YouTube, don't you? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You guys yeah, we've, gotten, we've gotten a little bit. We got a little bit of heat on YouTube. Yeah, man. Yeah, so. well, there's I mean, YouTube is like it's a wild west, man. There's no rules. <laughs> worse than <laughs> Twitter. Let's say whatever they want. Yeah, man. Anyway. All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, bro. All right.